Yes, it's time again for Buddy Mark. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye! I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Well, good evening and welcome to a big game week. It's Thursday night on the Buddy Martin Show, coming to you live from Studio 12M. Have we got a show for you tonight? The big game field returns to the swamp. We've got a terrific lineup of people, including Matt Moscona from ESPN Baton Rouge, leading things off, telling us the things from the LSU side of the ball. And then we've got Robbie Andrew, the Gainesville Sun. What's it like, Robbie, to see nationally ranked teams playing again on Florida, Steve Spurrier, Florida Field? Also, Scott Carter from UAA. We're talking today about the history of Florida football and how it's come and gone and back up. And is this the game that can vault the Gators up to the next level? And I believe the Minister of Information himself, who wasn't going to be available, now will be available later on. Graham Hall will join us to get his take on things. I'm going to tell you. The big game. How do we know it's a big game? Let me count the ways, okay? Let's start off by saying we're so happy to have the news about our shirts. Tony called me today. I got something to show you today. All right, stand by. on video. This is uh, right there in the factory. Look at that sweet fabric, man. That looking good. Your own Circle 15. I'm going to get me one of those. I'm supposed to have it in the mail tomorrow. Tony says we'll have them. Here's the Gator Nation Kingdom on the back, and here's the whole package, by the way, as we're getting packaged up. Look at that GNK Shield shirt there. And look at that orange one. Maybe that'll be our next one we wear in the swamp. More of the Circle 15 Gator Nation Kingdom. Of course, it's Tim Tebow's Ring of Honor weekend. What a weekend we have got coming for you. So we're excited to bring it to you. Good evening to you, Nat Blaylock. Dilly dilly, buddy. Good to see you. Doing a lot of good work. <clears throat> Todd, uh, also Robert, Christopher, a uh, whole bunch of Christophers. Jake, how you doing, man? Uh, Christopher seems like he's got a bunch of things to say tonight, Christopher. Three or four times be enough. Uh, uh, also, Hans Moody. Yeah, good to talk to you, buddy. And uh, CJ Stafford. Just a whole bunch of people checking in. Linda, nice to talk to you again, finally. Yeah. And then Bill Fryer and uh, Becky Smith Carlisle. All right. That's what's going on from your standpoint. Get your questions ready. If you want me to forward them to some of the experts, Matt Moscato was one of the best reporters and commentators in not just 
uh, on, uh, on, on, on LSU, but also, uh, on the SEC. Very knowledgeable guy. He follows it closely, tells it like it is. His show is heard both, uh, on, uh, an ES, on ESPN Baton Rouge and ESPN New Orleans. And he has a morning show he's going to tell us about as well. So we'll get a hold of Matt and, <clears throat> Uh, get his take on some of these terrific football players. Get a little scouting report from uh, Matt and see what he has to say about what is the, what are the Gators up against this weekend. <clears throat> and he joins us on the hey, program now. Good, 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 good evening, I should say. I never know. You never know because you're on morning, evening, afternoon, and all the time. Hardest working man in Baton Rouge, Matt Mascona <laughs> from 104. Point Listen, 104.5, how good is my memory? 104.5, 104.9, both, I think, right? And that right, New Orleans yep. and Baton Rouge. <clears throat> there, yep, two sticks in Baton Rouge. Right? We're on in New Orleans, Alexandria, Cox Sports. Wow. <laughs> pretty, pretty much Dude, everywhere now. and then you got a morning show you're doing on Facebook, like us now, too. So, <clears throat> Right. Yeah. I'm enjoying that, but. A morning show on Facebook is just kind of the nature of the world today. Maybe it is. Be diverse. It is, and we love our show in the evening now on as well. You're, you're checking in with the Gator Nation Kingdom here. <clears throat> They've got comments and questions for you already, I know. Uh, so we'll be teeing some of those up for you. Well, tell me, first of all, <clears throat> tell me what's going on uh, in Baton Rouge now that Ed Orgeron now is all of a sudden a hero and a saint, a guy who was just about drummed out of there last year, and uh, some thought he wouldn't last half the season. Here he is undefeated, yeah. ranked fifth in the country. His team is playing well, coming for a big game. What's up with the Tigers? Yeah, the ebbs and flows of a of a season and a college football coach's job security, right? So, mm. um, you know, I wouldn't even say it was you'd have to go back to the end of the last year. You can go back just to August. I mean, it was a it was an ugly August for LSU. They had three players arrested and uh, for, for pretty nasty. Um, had two quarterbacks transfer out of the program. Uh, there wasn't a lot of confidence that the offense was coming along quickly with a new coordinator and a new quarterback. A lot of that that fine, but they're 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 hitting their stride. And I, I can remember having those conversations, you know, in August. It's like, look, all of this talk, I, I understand it, and it's all justified. But the one thing that quiets it all down is if they just win and. You know, five and zero at this point will quiet down a lot of that chatter, and it has. Um, and you know, you've gone from a legitimately talking about major issues in the program and Ed Ogeron's job security to is this team a, a legitimate playoff contender? And for all that to happen in one one month is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's funny how that goes. As you say, the ebbs and flows. We've been around a while. We've heard about those and seen them come and go. Right now, there's a little bit of ebb and flow in Gainesville. And certainly, uh, Dan Mullen, uh, who has uh, done a terrific job as coach here, building it very slowly. Uh, and I think it's working so far. Now, Florida is a slight underdog. I just checked the lines in Vegas. <clears throat> it's anywhere from two and a half down to one and a half. I think maybe win and one of them have them at one and a half. But so it's going to be a, a coin toss, obviously. Uh, tell me about this LSU team. We we know about Joe Burrow, and, and we kind of understand he's a prog- he, he's a work in progress. He's got obviously skills as he showed, and almost won the job at Ohio State. <clears throat> he's played pretty well at times, not other not well other times for you guys. Uh, he can pass the ball, but he doesn't have a high percentage rate. He's got better feet than people probably think. Let's talk about Burrow and what he brings. I, what he's what he's done 
exceptionally well so far is two things. Number one, and, and to some degree these are intangibles, but one is is he's he's been smart. Uh, if a throw's not there, he's not going to force it. He's he's not thrown an interception through five games, and that's not by accident. He's just very smart with the football, um, and he's not going to put that offense in a bad spot. So that's been a huge part of why they've had success is they've limited the turnovers. The other part of it, too, is is that they trust him at the line of scrimmage. He's he's a coach's son, and he's got the reputation of a, of a film room junkie. And look, I, hey, buddy, we can talk about his, his you know, physical stature. I mean, he's 6'3", 220. He's got a big arm. I mean, if you're, if you're building a prototype quarterback, it looks a lot like what Joe Burrow does. Uh, but but the reality is he hasn't played much. He's he, he uh, you know, a handful of mop up time games at Ohio State, and he had never started a game before he got to, to Baton Rouge. He's only been on campus for three months, so you know, you're you're not seeing a, a high completion percentage, and you're not seeing LSU statistically look really sharp passing the ball, and it remains to be seen if they can. But you know they trust him at the line of scrimmage to audible out of plays. I mean the. The first game of the season, they played Miami, and the, and the play that kind of got LSU rolling was a 50-yard touchdown run by Nick Brissett. Joe Burrow changed the play at the line based oh, on the defense really? he saw. And that, that, that's something that LSU, with less miles, never let their quarterback that's do. True. They were in check with me. That's right? true. You, you come up to the yeah. line of scrimmage, you pop up, and you look at the sideline to see if they want to change the play. But you know, I think it says a lot about Joe, right? I mean, that he's been on campus for three months, and they're trusting him to do that. So, yeah. I think he's a guy that will keep getting better and maybe become more dynamic, but that's just not, I don't know that he's the guy right now that if you need him to go 22 of, of 30 for, for 285, two scores and no picks, if he's the guy that can do that just yet, like on the road in Gainesville, but you know, can, can he go the 12 of 19 mm-hmm. for, for 170 and a score on Saturday? I, I think so. And, and that might, that might be enough in this kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, we're expecting uh, probably a low. What what is the uh, over under you're hearing? I hadn't looked, but the the spread I had heard it start. I know it started at LSU three and a half, but I already got all the way down to one. Today. Yeah, so I know yeah. it might be back up to one and a half. But some of that smart money is obviously from Vegas coming in on you know, the pro money is coming in on uh, on on Florida, which makes sense. I mean, Florida's at home, and there's a lot to like yeah. about Florida in this game. That you know, coming off the win against Mississippi State. I, you know, Polite's had a great start. Not that you need me to break down Florida, but I've watched him enough to know. You know, you get you get Reese and CC Jefferson back on defense. Those mm-hmm. are impact guys in the front seven. I, I I think this game looks a lot like last year. I think mm-hmm. it's a low scoring game where the defenses pretty much rule the day, and it's just who turns the ball over less, who who can win field position, and you know, with special teams and turnovers, and try to get you know, get short field scores and convert in special teams. That's probably who's going to win the game. Yeah, well, the number I got is 43-and-a-half on the over-under in LSU and one. That's from Action Line. There's also some other ones. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a professional gambler here, but I know there's also places like Wynn, uh, <clears throat> Mirage, I got it at one-and-a-half and 43-and-a-half. So, uh, you know, this could be a dead-even game in kickoff, the way it's going in, and flip a coin, in my opinion. Uh, let's yeah, talk about – I mean, I could see a, I could see a 23-20 type game. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be yeah, stunned if it, if it went that way. Yeah. All right. So, so you've seen a little bit of this Florida team, and from your standpoint, for a different kind of set of eyes, we've had much discussion on this show about Felipe Franks, who a lot of people didn't want to start. You know, like so. Okay. Well, we'll put up with him. And now he's got a little better. Well, give me your take first of all on what you see out of the quarterback 
play and the things that may have surprised you, good or bad, about the Florida team? Yeah, so I, I know nothing about Emory Jones. Well, you don't um, either. He had played. <laughs> I, yeah, right. So, I, I mean, I couldn't even give you an educated guess other than to say, you know, Dan Mullen, I'm a little surprised that Dan Mullen wouldn't play his guy that can efficiently run his offense. But the flip side of it is I also understand that when you're the coach at Florida, there's a lot of pressure that goes along with it. No matter how it looks, you still got to win games. You know, I, I don't know that that Florida fans would be so gracious as to say, yeah, we'll take a six and six season or a seven and five season because you're getting your young guy, you know, a quarterback experience. You know, Georgia did that with Kirby Smart when they played Jacob Eason. They basically punted the season. They realized, hey, look, mm. it's not going to be great, but we're going to play our young guy and we're going to be better because of it. Yeah. Um, you know, they did that two years ago. So, you know, but then again, I, I look, I watched Mullen so many times at Mississippi State with guys like, like Chris Relf running his offense, and he won nine games with Chris Relf. You know, I just I think Mullen's a is such a good offensive coach that he's probably one of the more underrated offensive coaches in the country, and and he'll find a way to make that offense and scheme that offense to to make it work. He'll be more dynamic when he gets his version of Tebow or or Dak or Fitzgerald or you know at, at Florida. It's, yeah, that's that's not Felipe Franks. I can tell you, buddy, candidly, LSU fans are breathing a sigh of relief because Franks was committed to LSU for so long. Yeah, you know, he was Cam Cameron's guy, and he decommitted, went to Florida. I think LSU fans look at at Franks now and are like, man, thank God he didn't come here. Yeah, could be. It's just, it's it's not. He he hasn't looked. He didn't look good last year, and he hasn't looked. Certainly hasn't looked elite this year. So I, I think I think Mullen's just trusting his more veteran guy right now. It's what it looks like. I mean, it's not. Look, it's kind of what LSU did last year with Danny Etling. Yeah. Etling wasn't a dynamic guy, and he wasn't a great fit for for, uh, for Matt Canada's offense. But yeah. he was just a veteran guy that was going to make good decisions and, and not put you in bad spots and, and win games. I mean, LSU wasn't good offensively last year, but they managed to win nine games. Yeah. Let me get a couple minutes out of you here on a couple of things people are asking. Andy wants to know what's the situation on uh, on LSU's offensive line injury. You lost the center. I think one of the guys injured. What's going on with this, uh, the the offensive line? So they've used LSU has used five different offensive line combinations in five games. It's amazing that they're five and zero considering that. But uh, this is the healthiest that they've been all year. Um, the the center that got hurt, Lloyd Cushenberry, he's going to play. Their starting left tackles missed three games. He's going to play. Um, you know, one of the sort of unintended positive benefits of having a lot of injuries and attrition is that you're forced to play other guys, and that sort of builds depth. So they've got you know eight or nine guys that they think can play or that that has have played for them this year that they could run out in any various you know combinations. So it. Um, Look, if, if they were without Lloyd Cushenberry, their center, or if they were without their left tackle, Steve Charles, guys who have, have missed time this year, I, I think that would be really significant. But both are healthy, both are going to play, and, it, and it's, it, it, it's, been, it's been a battle of attrition. they got a new offensive line coach this year, James Craig, and he's done incredible work considering five games. You've used five different offensive line combinations. But this is as, this is as healthy as they've been, so that's – 
they should be fine there on, on Saturday. All right, I want to talk about three players I really like a lot. It's funny, I called you earlier and talked, and you, you told me I was I, 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 just my naked eye observations. And I, I really like this uh, this Grant Delpit. This kid is something special, big game player, good cover guy, hard tackler, playmaker. This guy is going to play on Sundays without a doubt. And the other two guys I mentioned is Greedy Williams. Even if he wasn't a really good player, I just love his name because if he gets the interception, is you know it matches it. And then maybe the guy that Chris Doring says the best linebacker in the country, Devin White. So it was a converted running back. Let's start with uh, with Grant Delpit. Yeah, Delpit Delpit sensational man, and he's a guy right now that as a true sophomore, a lot of people don't know his name yet, but they will. Uh, he's he's next in the line of great defensive backs. He's he will be a first round guy next year as an early in- entry into the draft. It, it, there, you know, a year ago, he started as a true freshman and they kind of, he was great in run support. He was great, you know, as a, as a, a center fielder, but he wasn't great in coverage. They almost had to hide him last year in spots because of that. It's not the case. I mean, the, this past week against Ole Miss, he got a pick on actually in, in their two SEC games, Ole Miss and Florida. He's had an interception on the first you know, defensive possession uh, of both of those games that LSU converted into points, and it and it's it's him baiting quarterbacks into throws where they don't think he can make a, a break on the ball like he does. He's he's sensational, man. They've they've used him to rush the passer. They've used him to to defend against the run at the line. They've used him in pass coverage. Um, you know, it's. But Florida fans are going to see on Saturday, if you don't know him yet, he fills every line of the stat sheet every game. And it's one of those things where I was talking to Ryan Clark this week. Of course, he played at LSU, played like 13 years in the NFL. He's an ESPN analyst now. Ryan comes on. He lives in Baton Rouge, comes on my show every week. And Ryan's close to the program, and we we talked about Grant this week. And he said, look, LSU fans just should just be fortunate that, that he can't leave right now because he would be a – a first round really? draft pick NFL starter today if if he were allowed to go. I mean that's that's what kind of player you're talking about with Grant yeah. Delpit. I got about forty five seconds. I want to get a word in there about uh, about about uh, about Devin White uh, real quick and and what makes him so special. He's the best linebacker in college football. He tackles everything. He's smart, instinctive. He's built like a rock. I mean, you've had plenty of inside backers in Gainesville over the years like him. He, he's going to be a top ten pick. He's amazing. He'll tack, he'll he'll probably have fifteen tackles on Saturday. Matt Muscona from ESPN Baton Rouge and uh, and New Orleans and Alexander. I mean, a bunch of places. Then he's got this morning show. What's it called? Scone or something? I mean, yeah, morning morning scone. Morning play scone. On the name. So it's on my Facebook page every yeah. day about seven thirty. I'm gonna check it out because I saw your son crawl in your lap today. Mama's car, I'm just saying. Mama's car, so cute kid. Listen, I always enjoy your time I get with you because you're very knowledgeable and very helpful. I appreciate it, and I hope I see the game on Saturday when things go right. <clears throat> but uh, we'll talk again soon, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for the invite, buddy. I'll you bet. That, you bet. Okay. Right. Well, there you go. I mean, that's, uh, to me, uh, is all you could want out of a guest. He's knowledgeable. He knows the game. Uh, he's aware of what's going on, and he's a very good, very, very good interview. So let's do this real fast. We've got Robbie Andrew coming up. <clears throat> Let me tell you about <clears throat> Center State Bank. You know that about my bank here, which I go to uh, on uh, – 
Well, let's take some of this stuff off. Uh, <clears throat> every week and go in and see the folks eat a cookie and uh and go by there and uh and and say hello to my friends uh they're a friendly bunch they're also known for their terrific banking uh principles locally market driven long-term horizon on all their financial pictures world-class service relationship banking and faith and family and i love the fact they got this beautiful building they share it with the community that's their motto center state bank centered on community and customer service uh if you want to know about more about them you can call them in ocala at 3523-686-800 go to centerstatebank.com um and find out what the location is nearest you there are uh 82 locations in 30 Florida counties. So, again, check it out. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Uh, okay, I'm finally going to get a chance to go there. Yeah, I've been talking about it now all week, two weeks now. Mark Prime, I talked to the proprietor yesterday. My friends and I will be dining there tomorrow night. Wow, I can't wait. I'm not sure what I'm going to have. I may go for this. I may go for one of other. One thing for sure I'm going to get, I'm going to get a nice piece of steak. And I know that. And I have great beef. And I also have very good seafood. And uh, I get a nice table in the back. Uh, they're going to be jammed. They said they're sold out. No wonder. I barely got in the door because they're, they're, everybody knows about their unique, unique dining experiences uh, and the fact that they have terrific premium wines and uh, their fresh vegetables. I always talk about the their spinach. I love that. Also, their potatoes, baked potatoes are great. If you don't know about this place, well, you don't know anything about eating out on special occasions, especially in Gainesville, you can call 352-336-0077 Ocala, 352-402-0097. Seven uh, and uh, find out uh, why we like to always say that if you want a really good steak and a good place to go, there's not one like it around here except in Gainesville, Ocala, Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. Uh, we're going to see if we can get a hold of Mr. Robbie Andrew now. Robbie, of course, covers the Gators for the Gainesville Sun. Um, has been doing it for quite some time. Uh, and uh, this is the time of the year when he he grinds it out. <clears throat> uh, let's see if we can get a hold of Robbie now. I'll be put this up, and we will get his take on the big game. The big game. It's got that big game feel to it, doesn't it? Big game feel. Yes, sir, it does. Uh, and I'm so glad. I'm glad to see a little magic back in the swamp, you know? <clears throat> and I'm sure this guy's glad to see a little magic back in the swamp, too, because, you know, nothing like it when things are going well and two teams are going head-to-head and you got a pretty much sold-out crowd and it's October and it's football and Robbie Andrew, like me, loves to be in there. Don't you, Robbie Andrew? Yeah, buddy. It's great to have a big game in the swamp again, you know? It is. It is. I was thinking about this today. Like, how do I tell people how I know it's a big game? Uh, and I'll let you share, but we know, number one, there hasn't been a two teams, uh, uh, well, hasn't been a visiting team. That's how they rank since, what, 2015, right? Yeah, Ole Miss came in number three, I think it was, buddy, and they got Florida Blackston, so mm. maybe there's hope for another one. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> talk to me about uh, how you think this team is beginning to take shape. Excuse me, and the, the Mullins job was sort of building it brick by brick, and I think you've been saying that the whole time, as I have, be patient. You think it's getting there? Yeah, buddy. You know, the thing is, the pro- I think the complaint with McElwain and Muschamp and the other guys that couldn't couldn't get it done was the fact that you didn't see progress from week to week. It was like kind of the same old thing. There wasn't improvement. And the thing with Mullen and this team so far is from week to week, they've gotten better every time. You know, they came off that Kentucky loss, and Mullen said, you guys got to play more physical. They went to work and, and did that. And, 
you see him getting better and better every week. And the guy that kind of epitomizes that is Felipe Franks, who is, you know, slowly but surely getting better. And Mullen is feeding him enough offense so he can the kind of offense he can uh, uh, execute. So yeah, I think people are encouraged by the fact that there is improvement right now. They're making progress, which we haven't seen in a while. Bobby, you were here when things were going great for Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier and the crowds were packing in, and now you hear a lot of people criticizing the crowds, especially the students. Nick Saban today or yesterday talking about he's a little ticked off they don't stay, you know, and he's calling them out, whatever. Uh, I don't know if obviously times have changed, uh, you know, and it's a different era, but uh, there is the magic has not been there in the swamp in a while. What do you anticipate this Saturday, and do you expect a big game feel? And if you so, if you do expect that, what does that feel like? Yeah, I think there will be a big game feel, buddy. And, you know, the thing I think the atmosphere in the swamp has been good, but the problem is there've been all those empty seats, which kind of takes a lot away from it. You know, the players have got to be disappointed when they, you know, are want, want the home crowd behind you when there are a bunch of empty seats like they had at Alabama. So I think that you know Mullen did his groundwork in the summer going out and meeting students and trying to get them involved. And I think it was an encouraging sign to him that the students came up and said, let's have this blue out game. So you know, I think if they get involved, you know, the stadium's going to be packed. The alumni have always done their job. You know, the uh, west side of the stadium was always packed. So, you know, I think if the students do come through, and I think they will, it's going to be a great atmosphere there. And, you know, you've got Tim Tebow going into the ring of honor. Yeah. 2000, 2018 being honored. So I think there's if you don't have a big time – Atmosphere here is never going to happen again. Yeah, well, you know, uh, <clears throat> I heard a little rumor today, <clears throat> and you've read this story before. We know we know for some time that one of the disconnects that students and young people have is going to the games and not being able to use their phone. Everything they're tethered to everything on their phone, as you know. <clears throat> At your house, I'm sure your your kids are the same. Oh, way. absolutely. <clears throat> um, and now Florida's gone out and said they're going to spend six and a half million to upgrade all the Wi-Fi in the swamp. <clears throat> Somebody dropped a rumor on me the other day and then took it back and said, I can't talk about it. Look yeah. for something to happen on Saturday. Have you heard any of that? <clears throat> I have not heard any of that, buddy, and I don't know what that could be. I mean, I think the, the new Wi-Fi thing is going to be upgraded next season from what I've heard, so I, I don't know. I don't know what, what what's going on there with that. But should be well, hinting there might happens. be some of it on Saturday. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm passing along rumors. I know it's yeah. not good journalism, but just thought it was interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, uh, we're putting, uh, uh, we have a little something going on here in honor of Tim. It's not really a money-making venture, but <clears throat> something called the Circle 15 shirt, and it's got a number 15, and it's got a Gator Nation Kingdom around it in blue for the blue out. I know there are other things that are going on there. You'll see a variety of people wearing things that are to celebrate Tim's. It's a spectacular moment for Tim Debo, who was a spectacular, spectacular uh, 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 player, and uh, I think about as deserving of this as anybody I know of. Yeah, and buddy, you know, if you look at it, and you've covered Florida a long time, he is, to me, easily the most popular hmm. player in Florida football history, and I mean, he's the guy yeah. that went pop, popular nationally also. So I think you know, on Saturday the biggest cheer of the, of the day is going to be when he goes in that ring of honor. And when the mm. fans see him down there, that place is going to go crazy. Yeah, 
He'll be here, of course, at 10 o'clock with the SEC Nation crew, Paul Feinbaum. We're going to have Paul on tomorrow morning on our Football Friday show, uh, along with Laura Rutledge, one of our favorites, and, of course, uh, uh, Marcus Spears, who had a big interception uh, in, in against Florida. I saw, I forgot about that, but I saw the video. So that basically gives it a big game feel, too. It's a big game feel because, by the way, um, it's also, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a team that is now beginning to get in contention. And just for a minute, Robbie, suspend your logic and think, if they beat LSU, what could be ahead for this team? Because, you know, and I hate to get ahead of myself, but Georgia yeah. is not invincible now. Yeah, well, buddy, I think, that, you know, if they do play better, if they do win the game, and you look at the talent they have on defense and the depth they have on that front, the defensive line, I mean, I think they're going to be in every game for the rest of the way. I think the defense will keep them in the game. If the offense keeps making progress, I think that, you know, to borrow a line from Spurrier, they're going to have a chance in every game. So it's going to be come down to a few plays in every one of those. And But, yeah, I think Florida, they have a chance if they win this game to be in contention to win, win the rest of them. I know they're going to be in every game they play from here on out, I think. Yeah. Uh, all right, how do you feel about it? Uh, what does your gut tell you about things right now? Well, I just have a feeling that, you know, you, you're around the players, buddy, and they have they have so much confidence in the coaching staff right now because the game plan Mullen came up with and Todd Grantham in that Mississippi State game, those were two great game plans that gave them a chance to win. And when they give you a game plan like that and it, you execute it and you win, the players have all kinds of confidence in the coaching staff. And I think – that's where the team is right now. That they really believe in everything that the, these coaches are telling them, and you know they tell them you've got to win the game in practice during the week. And I think they've taken that to heart and are practicing a lot harder. So I think there's a, a real trust now between players and coaches, and I think there's a, a unity on this team that they've been missing before. No, a couple of things to let you go, Robbie. Now you got to go and get the stuff done. Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it very yeah, much. My pleasure. There's going to be an F-22 flyover. That's going to be exciting. Going to be three of those babies coming over there. Uh, you've also got this mysterious thing that people are saying that someone that, that apparently now, I did not see this in my eyes, they say Scott Strickland had a tweet about blue chrome helmets and now has deleted it. Have you heard anything about that? I heard the blue chrome came up today, but then the, the uniform, the equipment people said they're going to be wearing white helmets, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I guess that might be a surprise one way or the other, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but you know, there's a lot of intrigue for a game in the swamp, and we haven't had that in a while either. So, you know, I think everybody needs to get here and enjoy it. Right, right. And, well, yes, exactly. And, of course, they almost had to wear black scorched helmets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the truck yeah. caught on fire there. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Robbie, I'm looking forward to having a public sandwich with you on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, definitely, buddy. It'll be fun. Uh, good talking to you. Thank you so much uh, for your time, and I'll see you in the swamp on Saturday. Thanks, buddy. See you then. Thank you. The genial Robbie Andrew, by the way, who is not just a good, hardworking guy, but a good dude. All right. He's a really good dude and uh, love spending some time with Robbie. We're going to get right to the next caller in a minute. It's going to be our guest, Scott Strickland. Scott Strickland. Scott Carter, who works with Scott Strickland, among other people. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, let me just be sure and tell you about our friends at Tupperware real fast. Uh, Jen Lay, who's out there and got some stuff for you. If you know, it's not a big game of Tupperware. Uh, and Tupperware, uh, 
is uh, is very very useful uh, and something that is practical for you. I'm going to get some more things posted besides this one pressure cooker. There's many other things. Uh, do me a favor, just go to real quick. Like tell you, go to jenlay.my.cupware.com. Check out some of the items she's got there. Uh, she'll tell you how if you want to get involved with Tupperware, how you can raise money for your uh, local charity. And if you want some good gifts, look in there on the catalog. They got some. My wife and I bought a couple of things. So again, uh, just or go to Facebook uh, Tupperware Jen, and she'll tell you all about it. All right, Tupperware Jen. She gets the good stuff. All right. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's head back to the telephone lines here and see if we can see what Scott is up to. Maybe Scott can tell us something about this blue chrome, guys. I've not heard about that before, except that's what I love about these, about all you guys. You guys are on top of stuff, man. You're good about that. You're very good about, uh, hearing, st- and not just vicious rumors, but good information. Sometimes you've been right spot on about some of these things. Sometimes you haven't been, but hey, we can't all be 100% all the time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, so let's see if I've got Scott Carter's number in my file here. Da, 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 da. Looks like somebody. Don't think that's the right one. So let me go back and get the right one. We're going to start medical research. I want to tell you about that. All right, so uh, over my shoulder up here uh, where I took that sign off, you'll see the Steve Spurrier book to right there and right there is a Spurrier book, and right to this side is a picture of a football player. That's my favorite football player. That's Dalton Tyndall, son of Lynn Tyndall, who is right there. We'll get a better shot of the pictures on the the wall up there. Dalton is, I think, a sophomore, uh, and uh, he's having a good year. Just want to recognize, shout out to Dalton Tyndall, who is kind of our adopted uh, high school football player here. And uh, we do... uh, we do want to wish him and the Tyndall family all the best. Looks like you're having a good year, which is always good. And uh, stay safe and stay. Yeah, don't get hurt, whatever you do. I wish you the best on that. So um, Scott Carter, uh, he's been around for a while in newspapers. Uh, he also writes for FloridaGators.com. He's covered a lot, a lot of games. And uh, I'll ask him about the big game feel. What's the big game feel? There have been a few times in my life, I must say it's only been a few, when uh, I actually have gotten out of bed in the morning and sort of got a tingle about things. And most of the time when that happened, there was something going on there with that. I mean, I can remember big games, Florida State games, where uh, there were situations like that where I thought, I remember, you'll never believe this, but I'm going to tell this story anyway. The famous choke it dope. Remember that? All right. I hate that term, but that's what they call it now. The game where... Florida got ahead early and big and then uh, lost the lead and they wound up in a tie. Uh, and that morning uh, when I got out and walked down my stairs and got ready to go, uh, my wife said to me, who do you think is going to win the game? And I so helped me. I had this strange, odd feeling about this game. And I said, you know, I don't know. I just can't make up my mind. It feels pretty even. It might even be a tie. Honestly, those words came out of my mouth. Uh, and, of course, you know, here's the kicker on it, though. <clears throat> the kicker on it is that um, that I was writing the, the lead story for the New York Times on that game, all right? 
and I had the task of grinding out the information and the lead. It had to be in New York before 5 o'clock. I think it was 4.30. And I had no room for any kind of play. It had to be done. Uh, and so <clears throat> I wrote my lead, as they call it, a running. It's a running. Uh, and the running uh, was, you know, done. And it had Florida winning the game because Florida was up like, what was it? Almost three touchdowns at one point. Uh, and, it, and, and it had a comfortable lead going to the fourth quarter. And it, was, it looked like virtually no chance for FSU to come back and win that game. So I had to go ahead and get my lead started. So I did that. Uh, and uh, I, uh, I got ready to file it. And lo and behold, what happened? You know the rest. Florida ends up in a tie. I have to completely destroy that lead, throw it away, and rewrite it. I was late on my deadline, uh, and I printed it later in a book, and I said, uh, the lead that never made the New York Times. Okay. And that would be the voice of Scott Carter, who remembers that that choke-it-dope game. I'm telling war stories here about how I was covering that for the New York Times. Had my lead all written for a 5 o'clock deadline, uh, and, of course, things came unraveled, and here I was trying to rewrite the lead for the New York Times past deadline on Saturday, that wasn't the worst thing that was happening. Gator fans remember it, how Florida Spurrier blew a chance to win big and, and right there in Tallahassee. Uh, so many memories, Scott Carter. How you doing? Hey, doing well, buddy. Yeah, that was a one of the more memorable games, certainly, of the Spurrier-Bowden era. Uh, I would not have liked to have had to rewrite my lead a few times, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but you know what about that game we were talking? It was a big game. And Bowden and Spurrier had so many big games. It was amazing what they had. And Spurrier likes to tell the story that, you know, the times they they were ranked in the top five about 80% of the time when he played them. Uh, and that was, it was, it got to be in my mind for a while, they're the best rivalry in the country. I mean, people might have laughed at me when I said that, but boy, back in those days, they went hammer and tong at it. And of course, we know the stories of who won and who lost. Bowden got the better of him. Florida got the big win for the national championship, the one that counted, Steve likes to say. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing well. We're so talking about we're talking about Florida history today a little bit in our conversation, some of the things that have happened and memories being made. So the big game, does it feel that way to you? Yeah, it does, buddy. Uh feels like a little bit like probably what fifteen when you know, they came off that big late win against Tennessee, and then, of course, Ole Miss came down. And uh, I can't remember if the Gators were favored that game, but nobody would have been surprised if they lost. And then they really took it to Ole Miss, and that was kind of the uh, the peak, I think, of really the Jim McElwain era. And uh, it was a short era, short peak, but it's nice to have a, uh, a game at the Swamp that, you know, people have been talking about all week. This is one of the biggest games in college football this week. You know, it's on national television, two top 25 teams. And I think from the Gators' standpoint, obviously, after that loss to Kentucky, uh, I think they've got their feet back under them. And also the fans seem uh, certainly more engaged the past couple of weeks. And now they have a chance to go out on the field and see if they can make it happen. I mean, I, it's gonna, I don't know. What you're thinking about the game, but I, I just don't see it being a high-scoring affair. I think it could be a, a classic SEC down-and-dirty kind of game. Going to have to, you know, minimize mistakes, play good defense, and maybe get a, uh, you know, maybe it's a trick play or a turnover or special.
special team, but I just uh, that's just kind of the feeling I have going into this one. Scott, there, buddy? what I am, I was just going to say that I was listening to you talk about that. What comprises the big game feel for you? I was telling a story about walking down the stairs that day, going to Tallahassee and telling my wife I had that funny feeling about the game. You get a little tingle for some games. Uh, I don't know if this is a tingle game or not, but it's beginning to approach that. You can feel it. You also have things like the, um, uh, the flyover and you have the ceremonies. You have the ring of honor. With Tim, uh, uh, SESU Nation is here. What makes it a big game for you, Scott? Well, uh, this is the first time this year in a while, actually, that, you know, even yesterday on Wednesday, you you could tell the camp was, was a little bit buzzing more than usual. I noticed they were setting up the uh, the tents outside, I think, a day earlier. It seemed like, you know, CBS trucks were there. Uh, you could just tell outside the stadium that something was happening and, and you see uh, people paying attention to it on campus and obviously, uh, you know, living social media, traditional media, I mean, it's getting a lot of coverage this week, this game. But yeah, I think anytime, buddy, it's a real big game. I mean, you kind of, you start thinking about it earlier in the week and uh, by the kickoff Saturday when you wake up that morning, I mean, you just want to get to the the stadium and, and see what happens and I think that's kind of why... Uh, why this sport's so popular? Why it's such a traditional sport? And you know, I, I wish I wish it was a little more like this more often. And hopefully, uh, with what Dan Mullen's trying to do, maybe they can get back there to where you know. When you looked at the schedule this year, I think we all said, okay, if there's one game on the home schedule that excites you, it's LSU. And yeah, that was before you really even knew the circumstances. But LSU, I I would have guessed them coming in here five and zero, oh. and then of course Florida. You know, after that early loss, they're playing well. So it's also a big matchup. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, one more thing from Scott Carter from UAA, FloridaGears.com. He does a good job of writing stuff up there that I enjoy reading, by the way. Uh, and you, and many of you do, too. Uh, and, and one more for you, and that is there's been a lot of discussion about students. And it's been not just in Florida, but all over. Nick Saban called the students out for not staying for the whole game, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they're part of the core of the spirit of the place. You need to have, obviously, the student. And Dan Mullen spoke to that on Monday, saying, you know, we, we want to get the student body back interested. He wasn't condemning them, uh, but he has worked at it. And mm-hmm. he obviously would like to have that. The, is that what's missing from the swamp? Well, I think, you know, we've seen some games where the students haven't shown up very early and even during the game. I mean, so far this season, I think Kentucky was the game where it felt the best atmosphere. And, of course, after that one didn't go well, it, was, it wasn't that great for Colorado State. And there have been other games over the years, in the recent years, where that student section hasn't, hasn't filled up. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer, buddy, in – if the team's playing well and they're in the hunt for SEC championships and still in the national title conversation, I mean, it's all about success on the fielding and having that excitement from week to week. And I think those, a lot of those problems go away. Now, having said that, I mean, I understand that today's young generation, they have more distractions than any generation in history. I mean, uh, myself, I mean, I'm sure you do the same. You, there's so many things that are yeah. beeping or buzzing. 
you can reach yeah. out to me. I'll be at work, and I'll start thinking about <laughs> looking at one thing, and my phone buzzes, my oh. pops in. And so sooner or later, I mean, it's like, okay, what was I doing? I just, you better not be ADD because you really got a problem. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> you know, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, but, you know, they, they, and there's a lot of options out there for whether it's entertainment, but through, with that question, you always want your student base, like Mullen said this week, to kind of lead the charge in the stands and to get people excited. And, and it was that way out at Mississippi State. You know, I remember getting there a couple hours before the game, and yeah. I didn't realize it at the time that that was their student section. But I saw this one section, boy, they're here early, and they were making noise, and, and they ended up that was their student section. And, of course, that was a special game out there because of Mullen's return, and it was a big night for them. So I expect to see a pretty good student environment tomorrow for this LSU game. And then if they were to you know pull off a win, you hope that they come back next time and uh, it carries over. But, um, you know, it's just something that I don't think anybody quite understands totally. But it, there is a, some, I see, and it's nationally, there's just some kind of maybe disconnect yeah. right now between. I think between you're right. The, yeah. So. All right, big fella. I do appreciate it. Scott Carter, I'll see you the Swamp on Saturday for the big game, right? All right, yeah, buddy. Looking forward to it, man. Me too. Thank you for your time, Scott. All right, bye-bye. Scott Carter from UAA, FloridaGears.com. Let me just tell you about this. We're going to dial up the Minister of Information. Uh, let's see what I've got to do here. How about we do a little bit of this? No one ever plans a car accident. Having a plan after you've been in one, however, can make a world of difference. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. After meeting with Dan and his team, you'll know your case matters, that you matter, and that Dan will fight hard to get you just results. If you've been severely injured through no fault of your own by a careless or reckless driver, you need Daniel L. Hightower. get a hold of uh, Graham and see what he always brings good information. He was going to cover a high school game tonight, but uh, he, uh, uh, he he changed his mind or something happened the last minute, so he's going to be able to join us for a couple. Always good to talk to the gray man and see what he's got in his mind. Is it a big game? I think he feels like it is a big game. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he's, he's up for that, so... Um, <clears throat> We'll see if we dialed him on the right spot. Did we got him on the phone? Oh, wait a minute. Did we see? Did we have him online? Uh, Graham, I'm going to call you back. Okay, I missed him. I think I've got to go give him a holler back here. <clears throat> um, so uh, let me go ahead and tell you uh, a little bit about um, Ocala Quarterback Club. Uh, had a terrific meeting there last night, and we're going to try to play the interview with uh, Coach Roger Hughes who is uh, <clears throat> coaches at Stetson. I've gotten more comment today from people who said they loved what Hughes did because uh, he put football in perspective. Uh, and uh, he talked about how important it was. Even economically, it makes money. It makes a million and a half for Stetson. 
not to mention what it does for the program in other ways. Uh, Okada Quarterback Club, these two gentlemen are two of the reasons it's been successful. Uh, Danny Williams on the right, Danny Williams, Williams appraisal team. Uh, he's also one of our uh, prognosticators on our team. Of prognos- I think he might be leading us right now. And Dr. Frank Cannon, uh, a bull gator, a guy who supports uh, sports in this town, has been great about supporting our club, Okada Quarterback Club. Many big things happening. Got big plans coming up in the spring. You want to know about those. That's going to be fantastic. So thanks to the Quarterback Club. Back there again on Wednesday night. Later in the year, we're going to have Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, as one of our speakers. So looking forward uh, to that. Tony and others, uh, these speakers have been very good. Kudos to Mike McGinnis and the team for putting that together and making it happen. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Let's see what else i got going on here today. Um, Oh, this is interesting. There's a... uh, somebody posted, I think Ross Dellinger might have, might have posted this before it's illustrated. Uh, Tennessee 8 Gator. Florida beat them 47-21. Mississippi State 8 Gator. Florida beat them 13-6. And now it appears LSU is going for the hat trick. At a Baton Rouge grocery, where over the store speakers, a man tells us the lunch theme, Tiger, Bait, Gator, Mate. Well, okay, good luck on that one. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll see, yeah. Um, you know about the bet, the wager, the Miles, uh, West Miles and uh, West Miles and Steve Spurrier bet? Um, and, you know, Spurrier uh, has his wager on the, his visor and West Miles has his on grass. Uh, today a tweet uh, sent out about the big game. Uh, Glenn Gullibo from Baton Rouge says, The Mad Hatter doesn't want to wear no visor. Because if he loses, LSU loses, he got to wear Steve's one of Steve's visors. It's half a hat, said Les Miles. That was grass bet versus Spurrier for the LSU Florida game. Spurrier said, I'm going to eat grass, but it's going to be clean grass. Okay? Number five, LSU versus 22, Florida. It's a 330 kick. The odds, as I told you earlier, everywhere from one and a half to to a two to two and a half. I expect this to fluctuate some. Uh, I know Danny Sheridan had it at one and a half, and I know that uh, the, the Mirage in Vegas and Wynn had it at a point and a half. I'm not sure. I would take Florida at two and a half and maybe at two. Uh, maybe at one and a half. I, I can't make up my mind. It's too close to call, you know. I, I don't know whether or not Florida is going to win this game or not. I just haven't been able to focus. I'll make that pick tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, – boy, Lynn's got a big poster. Uh, tomorrow we'll know more about it. Um, for those checking about uh, – actually, thank you so much for a, a great job by the mayor of Newberry. That's our man, Nat, Nat Blaylock. Out scouting the site today. <clears throat> and also uh, Chad Rich, Krista Kubelis, Jan Skoke. Uh And you're right, Lynn. Thank you for doing that. We're trying to get together – Uh, And uh, for the folks that want a place to go, uh, he's going to find it. He'll let us know tomorrow where that's going to be. It's not going to be a fancy, fancy place. It's not going to be a big place. not going to be any money involved to get anything. Uh, Parking may be a problem, but, uh, you know, but uh, we're going to have a place to meet and greet someplace on Saturday. And it may not be too far from uh, from over there. Is the Plaza of America for having the SEC Nation? Somebody help me out here. I'm not sure. So, um all right, let's go ahead and see if we can get a hold of, uh, again, of Graham Hall and see if he's going to answer his phone uh, and get his take on things. <clears throat> and uh, Graham Hall, of course, uh, writes for the Gainesville Sun, uh, the very good reporter, good dude, uh, follows the team closely. 
Sounds like he is not answering his phone tonight, though, so uh, we will they'll not be able to talk to Graham. All right, Graham, we'll have to catch up with you later. <clears throat> uh, no Graham tonight, I guess. <clears throat> That's the end. Is that you, Graham? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, we do have you. Okay. There he is right there. How are you, my friend? Um, how are you doing? Do I have you just on my phone, not on not on Skype? Hmm? Can you see me? One second. I cannot see you, no. Uh, I cannot see you. That, Sorry. That handsome face, dude. Where'd you go? It's um, connecting. All right. Well, while we're, we can wait on that, uh, let's let's talk for a minute. Uh, thanks for coming on. Last minute, we try to put this together, and sometimes schedules don't always work out, but... Uh, uh, you know, we'll uh, <clears throat> we certainly are glad to have a chance. Well, I mean, it's a big game week, Gray. I mean, what the heck? We got to talk. Yeah. There he is. Can you see me now? Yeah, uh, we got to talk a little bit here because this is what we've been waiting for, man. Right for a long time. So uh, let's get this thing going. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Told me I had to wait, so I'm here with some. Uh, I'm here with mine. You saw the line move today by one point five yeah. point. So that's a uh, maybe they know something we don't know. I want to hear your take as well. Well, I, I, I talked about it earlier. Yeah, and I think it could be an even game by the time they go. Unless something happens, uh, I said it'll come down from three and a half, and it'll come down from three, and it dropped. And today I saw it as low as one and a half in, in places in Vegas. The Mirage wins, etc. Uh, sure. And that's what I'm hearing from Las Vegas from from Baton Rouge tonight. We had on uh, a, a guy Matt Moscona who f- follows it. It's about one and a half or so. So, uh, so the big boys are coming in now, the big money, and they'll begin to change it. That'll fluctuate one or the other. Uh, I mean, if you like a home dog, you think your team's getting better. Uh, let's face it, LSU's not Alabama. Uh, LSU's got some really terrific defensive players. I love this kid, Delpit. Grant Delpit's a big time player. Uh, I like Greedy Williams. He's at Wardus and intercepted. And by the way, I think what's going to have to happen is, is that Felipe Franks better be very careful of that ball, as you know. And then uh, Devin White, uh, again, Matt said the same thing that Chris Doring said earlier. Devin White's the best linebacker in college football. They say we know a little bit about him, former running back. And then we'll see what the, let's see what Florida's defense can do, uh, uh to disrupt, uh, uh, uh Joe Burrow. Who, by the way, is not a seasoned player, but he's played in front of big crowds. So with that, so I think Florida has a very good chance in this game. I'm not ready to go ahead and make the big prediction yet, saying they're going to win. Uh, but I'm really yeah. pleased to have a big game feel to a, to a game in the swamp, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm getting a lot of you know 2016 mm-hmm. vibes from this game. And the more I think mm-hmm. about it, I think that it does come down to, like you said, which quarterback does play better on Saturday. You look at the defense. I would say Florida has a better defensive line. Then you look mm-hmm. at LSU's linebackers. I'd give them more credit. And then the secondary is kind of a draw, a lot of inexperience on both sides. I think that, you know, it comes down to which quarterback makes less mistakes and maybe it comes mm-hmm. down to a big player too. You know, you remember that 98-yard mm-hmm. touchdown pass to Tyree Cleveland uh, in LSU back in 2016 yeah. um, when that game was rescheduled to late November. And then, then that goal line stand, who could forget guys running the wrong way? You know, there's yeah, that's many right. I forgot. I did forget that you brought it up. That's yeah, that's one yeah. of those things that, you know, what goes down and, and, and one of those games that came down to the absolute wire. And I could easily see that being one of those games where kind of like you, I'm not ready to make a big prediction either yeah. way. I could see LSU squeaking out a three-point win or I could see Florida pulling out a three, seven-point win depending on, you know, Florida's defense has made some big plays this year. I think that's an element that we do have to take into account. They do, they're tied in the nation with Kansas. That is very surprising. But you saw that Kansas had six turnovers in their game against the another bottom feeder, Rutgers. 
Florida has 14 turnovers coming into this game. I think yeah. that they could absolutely swing some momentum on their side, get some defensive touchdowns. You saw that a lot last year. They had four last year. I think it could happen this week, and that would absolutely be a game changer because neither of these offenses are equipped to put up more than really 20 points unless the defense is giving them something. So I don't, I don't know where to go. It could swing either way, but like you, you know, this is the biggest game of the season. I think all the factors that you've talked about, the 2018 coming back, Tim Tebow in the ring of honor, this even being the biggest game, the recruiting weekend, in fact, I think that Florida's going to have enough momentum where, where they do win on Saturday. When you break it down completely and you go through all the X's and O's and you go through the trends and the offense, the special teams, the defense, the athletes, certainly LSU's got an edge there. There's one thing I like in this game that gives me confidence in Florida. Coaching. I think that I think I think Florida has a better staff, um, and I think uh, I have no doubt Mullen has something. Maybe another Kodak black play. <laughs> How about a Tom Petty, by the way? How about a Tom Petty? No, you have to explain to everybody who that is. I mean, Tom Petty. But I mean, yeah, I think there'll be something. You know, there's something in the bag of tricks there. The other thing yeah. about this, if you watch it. That there are players being developed for certain times of the game. We've discussed this before. You've got players coming in. You know, obviously the use of Kadarius Tony in the screen, throwing the ball side to side, getting the defensive lineman, and then bringing Damian Pierce in with the fresh legs in the fourth quarter. They're players designed. Look at look at Donovan Steiner. I know he wasn't designed for that play, but it was the perfect play for him, the perfect guy to do it at that time. These opportunities like this present themselves. I think Florida coaches that way. They've got who's to say that Pitt? I mean, as someone pointed out, I think Lynn pointed out the other night. If you put, if you press coverage, and they're going to press coverage, I know that about it. That opens up what you can go route, or you can a back shoulder throw, or the tight ends over the middle. Pitt and Crawl are two guys they haven't seen a lot of, you know. And you got a big guy like Tyree Cleveland over the middle who can catch the ball. So there's some things that can work against LSU, even though they have these terrific defensive players. Just be careful where you put the ball up. Yeah, I think you're getting to the point right now where you can reliably say that Felipe Franks is equipped to make those type of throws. There were there were throws against Mississippi State where he went through his progressions, hit the third, fourth read there. He wouldn't have done that earlier. Your other point about the coaching, I think that someone probably should have asked Dan Mullen, now that, I, now that they really think about it, probably someone should have asked Dan Mullen how much he learned from LSU during that you know, 2005 to 2008 span or whatever it was that he was here in Florida. Mm-hmm. And you remember that LSU beat Florida that year with the Jacob Hester play? Multiple oh, do I remember it? One of, the great, one of the most underrated football games. Sure. It would be a top 25 for me. People forget it because Florida lost the game. But that extra effort by Jacob Hester, the fifth time Les Miles went for it on fourth down that game, in that game. Sure. Sure. And that was the first game that I really think, you know, I was, I think, 13 or 14 years old during that game when Jacob mm-hmm. Hester converted, what was it, four first downs, and LSU won that game. And that was when Florida was, you know, entering their reign. And, and that very humbled a lot of fans, especially in the area. And I think that's what kind of started the LSU rivalry, at least for, I think, my generation. And, and everything that's happened in the 11 years since has done nothing but solidify that. But you have to think that, you know, this could be one of those games that comes down to one one of the games that what it came down to in 2007, where, uh, you know, a special teams play or, or a trick play or a fourth down mm-hmm. conversion ends up winning the game or being the difference maker. And I think the LSU and Les Miles kind of, you know, started that. And, and it'd be very kind of poetic justice in a sense if Dan Mullen gets some revenge on LSU when they, when they got some revenge and humbled him, you know, 11, 12 years earlier. 
Yeah, I think probably revenge might be a little bit overrated for most guys. I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, there's always that. But, I mean, I think it's like this is a game we got to win, you know. And they're number five in the country, and we're going to have a big game. This what, you don't need any more motivation than that, sure. right? But I hear what you're saying. I, I hear what Gator fans, I mean, fans think about that a lot. I think coaches think about, okay, how can I win this game, you know, and and uh, use whoever I got to do that. But, yeah, I get it. I mean, you're, I, I understand that. It's a no, certain... it, is, it is one of those things where you don't need to add another narrative to it. Right. Sean Hevesy earlier in the week how great it would be to have that 2018 back. Remember, he was here, the offensive line coach, when they were here for much of those guys, recruiting yeah. some of those guys. Uh, and he said he didn't even want to think about it, and that's something very hard for a guy who that's his only national championship to not even want to focus on that team that gave you that because you're so focused on preparing for this week. I think that it does kind of answer all the questions about what is Florida focused on and are they focused on the right things or are they focused on the media-driven narratives? Well, what do you think they're focused on? You talked to the players this week. I think they're focused on going out there and winning by uh, one possession. I think that they're going to get a 17-13 to 13 win. I think it's going to be another defensive-driven game. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is a better passer than Nick Fitzgerald, which means that Florida's safeties, who were tested on Saturday night in, in Starkville, are definitely going to have to step up against Joe Burrow. Has not thrown an interception this season or coughed up a fumble. Florida, you know, he's meeting now the defense that leads the NCAA in turnovers. Something's going to give on Saturday, and and I think that Florida's defense is, is well equipped to do that, especially when you look at LSU's offensive line that comes in very mangled. You know, what I'm thinking right now, I think the media storyline is that Florida comes out there and wins by, by four to six points on Saturday, buddy. Do you really? You're feeling, you're feeling it then. I, I think that if you look at enough elements, they don't have a dynamic running back. Florida's defense is probably some of the best that LSU's seen. They've struggled against mediocre talent. Florida has enough momentum going in their favor. I, I, I find it hard to think that LSU, despite you know their toughness and their depth, which certainly is a factor that you have to give LSU credit for. If it gets becomes a game where Florida experiences some injuries, gets a guy you know out for targeting, that is something you have to think about. Yeah. He exited the game, and what was it, the third defensive play? Yeah, I still have a problem with that. Although last night Mike McGinnis, who's a former uh, replay official in the SEC and a Goodman, uh, said he he thought the same thing, but then he looked at it, it was a very good call. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know. Uh, I, and I, I get the safety thing. I understand that's what you're trying to do. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that if you can't go for a loose ball anymore, you know that's that's taking. I mean, those kids are trained to get go get that ball. There wasn't any intent to hit the guy. I think I think sometimes intent is mis, is misplaced. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think that some of the blame needs to be to be put on the coaches because at the same time, while you are emphasizing safety. Yeah. Um, there are coaches who are using that rule book to, as a weapon in a sense. If you go back and look at that final play of the game, Donovan Steiner does catch Nick Fitzgerald in kind of the, the, the hit the chin area, even though Nick Fitzgerald does jump down. You look at Joe Moorhead on the sideline, he's yelling at the referee for targeting. I don't think that you would have seen that in football five to ten years ago because everyone who watched that play and saw that replay thought that that was a clean, solid hit. But you are seeing coaches calling for it because you have a referee and an officiating crew and a rule book mm -hmm. that does want to avoid scrutiny in the media and with families when it comes to safety. And it is erring on the side of cautious rather than, you know, reviewing it and letting the play out and making a judgment call on the field. I think that it is something that needs to be debated at coaches conferences right now. But as you're seeing right now, it's going to be called more frequently than it's going to be, you know, when the referee could 
avoid using the whistle. He's going to call it more often than not, I think, right now. Yeah, but, you know, there's no axiom in, in the NBA that um, <clears throat> that you never want on the last play of the game uh, on, and the last play in the NBA to have a whistle and a, and a foul call that will decide the game, you know? Sure, I, uh, I think, and I don't know. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. Technicals, yeah, which is, right. If you, if you get two technicals in a game, you get thrown out. So right, that right. Talk to a referee or or something, and 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 if you get enough technicals, you can be suspended. And you saw, you've seen playoff right. games where like Draymond Green were out for certain games, and that did affect the outcome. But you, you don't have anything like your as to your point that any one specific play in the heat of the moment that could entirely affect the outcome where a guy is entirely mm-hmm. disqualified. Maybe in soccer with a red card, but it's it's a lot more clear cut in that situation than it is with right. this rule. I think that it's something that people need to get figured out pretty quickly. All right, All right big guy, let's sum it up. Right, we'll let's sum it up tonight by saying uh, it's a it, it's it's a good week. We've been waiting for this meaningful game all season. This it took one. forever to get here, and now it's here. And, and you know what? How good you look back on the calendar. A lot of people did think that Florida would win this game. How good that this is actually mm-hmm. meaningful in the SEC. Florida, only one loss. Uh, Kentucky is number 13. In uh, two, three weeks, this could be a good game that you look back and see that this was a turning point for either team. Yeah, for sure. The MOI, Minister of Information himself, taking a late a late night uh, visit in, uh, here on the, on the program. And as always, appreciate your time. I'll see you, and uh, you can buy me a, a lemonade in the press box, okay? Hey. You got a deal. I'll see you Saturday. All right, Graham. Thank you, Graham Hall. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. All right. Well, there you go. Big game Saturday it is. There's the shirts. I'm pretty psyched about it. I got to show that one more time. I, I really like that, that shirt, the fabric. And um, I, I, I sacrificed today because Tony has a, a last-minute order of people wanting to get in on this thing. And I said, like, I ordered several shirts. Here they are right here. <clears throat> Look at those babies. That fabric looks great. Uh, see how loose that is? I, lo- I love that cotton fabric. Look at the back of that thing. I told Tony, I said, go ahead and sell the ones I ordered because I wanted one of everything. And sell it. Just give me one, all right? And normally speaking, I don't, I, don't, I don't wear anything with logos on it to the press box because, you know, in the media, you're not supposed to do that. <clears throat> uh, and uh, But I, I'm going to wear mine. I'm going to wear mine. Yes, I am. I'm going to wear mine to the press box, to the media. Saturday coming up. Uh, we'll be on tomorrow. Don't forget now, 11 a.m. Football Friday is we moved to uh, daytime because <clears throat> let's face it, there's too many things. My boy Dalton Tindall might be playing on Friday night. Good luck to Dalton and <clears throat> his Pirates. Uh, but uh, Friday night's hard to, to do a show, so made an executive decision to do it at 11 o'clock in the morning. Tomorrow, Terry Bradshaw weighs in on some pro games, a few. Joe Williams will pick games, and Paul Feinbaum will be arriving at Florida, at Florida's Tewsbury Field. He'll be arriving there to do his show there tomorrow. And about 11.45, we'll have him on live <clears throat> from uh, from Gainesville. Uh, and we'll do our show 11 to 12 tomorrow. So a lot of good stuff happening uh, 
happening tomorrow on Football Friday. It's been a great week. Um, and uh, thank you for making it a great week here on the program. So we're getting there. And thanks again to Nat Blaylock and Chris and the team for this meet and greet. Be patient with us. We're trying. We're having to make some adjustments here, although we're not really in charge of tailgates. And this is not a tailgate. This is a meet and greet. Uh, you bring your own stuff to eat and drink. I'm not going to charge people or anything. We'll see what evolves. And I'm sure our people will do a great job, as they always do, because their heart's in the right place. That's a good thing. So, thank you to our guest tonight, Matt Mascona. Mascona, really love having Matt on. He's, he's sharp. Thanks to Robbie Andrew for staying up late, old-timer, <clears throat> and bringing us the information there from uh, what you got on your beat for the Gainesville Sun. Uh, Scott Carter, one of the truly nice guys also in sports from FloridaGators.com, and, and Graham Hall. I was going to play the interview I had last night with Roger Hughes, the Stetson coach, but, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> we'll have to wait. Uh, to answer, Kurt, your question, I asked the question earlier I think it might be Avenue of the Americas, but maybe somebody could tell me. I think that's what Nat told me he heard. I do not have that information, but I'm sure there will probably be information on it. Well, Lynn says the Plaza. That's the Plaza of Americas, right? Right? That's pretty sure what you write, Lynn. Is that what you mean? The Plaza of Americas? Yeah. <clears throat> Which is not too far away from where we'll be. It's all there within walkable distance. So, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, having said all that... Um, I, uh, I'll say good night to you, um, and uh, it's an exciting time to be a Florida Gator and to have this show, and thank you for making it special tonight, all right? Have a good night. <laughs>